Good evening. Welcome back to another episode of Dylan and Hillen. I am Coco. I am Nene. And tonight we are speaking with Mr. Joshua Williams. Um, this this episode is going to be about mental health and black men. Um, coincidentally, Joshua and I are related. He is my cousin, no longer my baby cousin, my younger cousin. He is one of four. He is a four womb crew. <laughs> second born in the house. I'm the first born, but you know, second born in the house. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Especially after work and it's hot as I don't know what outside here in Texas. It's just ridiculous. Oh. So appreciate you being here. Hey, you know what? Um, you got to come knocking. So, hey, I'm here for you. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, he is family first, for real, for real. He is the epitome of family first. So first, if you could just give us a little bit, a brief um, introduction of who you are. Yeah, um, so my name is Joshua Williams. Uh, Like my dear cousin Coco here was saying, I'm a second born out of four. Uh, I got my older brother, Aaron, or my older brother, and then me, and then my little sister and my little brother. Cali born, but Texas living. I've uh, been in Texas for about 11 years now. Graduated from UTSA to public school down here in San Antonio, Texas. Graduated t- 2017 with my uh, psychology degree. Um, now a operations coordinator for a media company here in Austin, Texas. And I'm just uh, trying to work and strive and thrive. You know, it's all about the grind. So I'm just waiting for it to pay off. So that's a little bit about me. But yeah, I'm glad to be here. Thank you guys again for having me on. Love it. Yeah. Psychology graduate. I love it. I love it. Ew. And that that's right there was just like a portrait of a black king on the rise. Just like, you know, went to college, you know, woo woo wow wow, Cali born, Texas raised, you know what I'm saying? We eat beef out here. That's how we do, and then we'll see walk on your face. Let's, well, let's, yeehaw. <laughs> well, yeehaw for y'all one time. <laughs> I love it. A howdy, one day howdy for you. Um, so our topic is mental health um, in the black male community. Um, and I, 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 I wanted to have you on here because I actually wanted to have all three of you guys on here to kind of show the different range of mental health and how you guys deal with it and um, just kind of some information and background on how you guys handle and take care of yourself mentally. Um, do you want to give us a little bit of insight on your journey on how to, you know, improve your mental health and then maintain your a healthy mental balance? Let's call it that. Cause I keep saying mental health over and over and over. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. Uh, this journey that I'm on now has led me to, uh, to speak my truth. So my beginnings and my upbringings isn't, I'm not going to say it's the worst. Cause I mean, I didn't grow up the worst, but you know, speaking on mental health, I was never always apt to, you know, taking care of my mental health, like I would my physical health. So, um, you know, just growing up, uh, you know, we really didn't talk about mental health. Um, I grew up with three brothers and a little sister who came later. Um, you know, growing up with boys and a mom, you know, we really just didn't talk about mental health. It was either, you know, quit being a little girl or, you know, quit crying or just get over it. So um, I took that, you know, into my later years growing up, into my teens, into my 20s. And now I'm almost 30. And so 
I just now broke that curse of, you know, like, hey, it's okay to be sad. You know, it's okay to cry. It's okay to feel emotions. You know what I'm saying? So growing up, you know, I, I didn't deal with it. You know, I just kind of pushed it to the side and kept pushing, uh, you know, being the second child to an older brother who is a super, super alpha male and a, and a father who is another extremely, extremely alpha male and me kind of being on my mom's side, you know, I was just, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I was a little soft as a kid, you know, I didn't, I didn't have that dog in me like my brother and my dad did, but I was a dog, but you know, I still was more apt to the, the soft side of me. And so, um, you know, it really didn't hit me until about 27, 28, when I was like, you know, it's okay to, uh, to feel, it's okay to recognize the emotions that you're feeling and it's okay to recognize it and put a name to it so that you can move on from it. Um, you know, growing up, I would just recognize the feeling, but not put a name to it. And so I couldn't move past it. So I would just push it down and push it down and push it down. And, you know, I'm still dealing with those, with that, with those repercussions. And, but, um, I would say today, something that I've been working toward and practicing is just being aware and being present and knowing who I am. Um, and so I'll just kind of give you guys a little breakdown of my daily, uh, you know, spiritual routine for my mental health. I wake up in the morning. Uh, you know, I say a couple of positive affirmations. I'm beautiful. I'm a king. I'm intelligent. I'm, I'm able. I'm smart. I'm healthy. Um, and I kind of repeat those for the first 10 minutes because, you know, um, being a psychology major, uh, your brain is most awake and most aware of things as soon as you wake up. It's in a theta state. And so, you know, I don't want to start my day with watching TV or, you know, hopping right on my phone. I want to feel positive. I want to get going. And so I tell myself those affirmations. I wake up. I drink me a smoothie, I eat an apple, drink some tea. And then right before I get into my car, I tell myself it's going to be a fantastic day. No matter what I'm feeling, no matter, you know, what happened yesterday or what's going to happen, I tell myself it's going to be a great day. You know, you woke up, you got oxygen in your lungs, you're able to see, you can able to speak, you know, you got two feet, two hands to grab and walk. And so I just think it's the little things that really go a long way when it comes to mental health. It, it doesn't have to be right off the bat, go see a therapist, you know what I'm saying? Because I did that and it, I'm, it, it's not a bad experience. It just, I don't think I found the right person uh, to continue my therapy session. So I didn't continue, but you know, if I find that right person, I, it, it's, it's, it, it does wonders talking to somebody that you don't know, but can still relate to. I don't know. I don't know if it's just getting it off your chest and having somebody hear it, but you know, it, it, it's really nice just to have somebody hear you out. So um, just to wrap this up, I think it's the little things, you know, take care of yourself, be aware of what you're thinking. Um, you know, be grateful, always be aware of, you know, your, your, uh, your blessings around you. We always have something to complain about, but the blessings is there every day. We're just overpassing them because of the stuff that we see or the problems that we face. So, um, it's just the little things to me, honestly, sorry, that was a little long winded, but I was just trying to, no, no, that was awesome. And I want to highlight two very salient points that popped out to me. Um, one, you made a very good point about when you wake up and your brain is in theta state, it is critical that you do those affirmations at that time because most people will pick up their phone, right? And depending on what you see first, whether it's a text, whether you are a person who gets into social media, that can completely change the game Absolutely. of your morning, especially with um, how prevalent now it is on social media, how Black people are being treated in America. And I know for me, I even have to sometimes in the day be like, I'm not, I can't, I can't, I don't have the capacity to look at it today. It's going to be another video. It's not, you know, and I, and I'm a beret Black Panther get in the streets person, <laughs> mm -hmm. but for my mental health, 
in the last three years, I've had to say, you know what, I, I am going to watch it because I feel like I need to honor that and figure out what I can do with it, but mm. I can't watch it right now. And so I love that you highlighted when you first wake up is when you start to say, Hey, you know what? I am freaking awesome. It's going to be a great day. I am the smartest guy I know, right? Like that, that's awesome. I love that you said that. And the second thing is, um, dating a therapist, right? So you're, you're absolutely right. Sometimes it's, it's not, you know, it takes a little while, like you out here dating in the world. And sometimes you're like, ah, it's going good. And all of a sudden we're like, wait a minute, you don't clean your house. That one thing that comes up later down the line, no, I can't rock with you. But the neutrality of having a conversation with someone who may not know you, I think what's valuable in that is that there's no judgment. Exactly. Right. That makes it very comfortable to be to be vulnerable and and to open up. So thank you for sharing those points. That's awesome. Absolutely. We're gonna take a minute to welcome um, Aaron Williams, the first born in the four room crew. Thank you for joining us, Mr. Williams. Sorry for being late, but uh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yes, thank you for being here. So we're going to go back really quickly. Um, like I said, Josh and Aaron are my cousins, my first cousins. Um, we kind of grew up together. They are not my baby cousins anymore. They're my younger cousins, but I I have 11 years on Aaron, and I think I have – how many have on you, Josh? Eight. 14. Or it's 14. I don't know why I went backwards. 14 for sure. Yeah, 14. Yeah, so I got 14 on Josh. And um, – because I was out doing my thing in high school, is the same age as my cousin. So um, we are talking about uh, mental health in the black male community. And um, when Janae and I, when uh, Nay and I were planning this, um, this podcast, I was like, it would be great to have my cousins on here because they have a wide spectrum of um, mental health and how they are dealing with it and their journeys are, are very vast and different. And so, um, thank you guys for being here. Um, Aaron, if you want to go ahead and uh, briefly introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Aaron Williams. Um, I'm the oldest, uh, I'm the older brother of Joshua Williams. Um, from, uh, California, sounds like California, but raised here in Austin, Texas. Um, Went to McNeil High School, played football at U- University of Texas, stayed there for three years, then went on and played um, six years for the Buffalo Bills, and then had a career-ending injury, and now I'm enjoying life. So, yeah. And I'm all about um, graphic T-shirts and sayings on shirts. Yours ironically says dumb dumb. Like. It's, it fits me perfectly. It fits me just <laughs> right, you know? You know, but I never really realized like what shirts my what my shirts say until people say like you know your shirt says this and I'm like oh I just didn't I didn't recognize but yeah this is it fits me perfectly you know well thank you for joining us we appreciate it um, we were just discussing um, our mental health yeah. our mental health journeys um, can you give us a little bit of background on your mental health journey. Um, my mental health dates back, um, probably like end of high school, going on into college. Um, 
I don't know. I think my my biggest biggest issue was for me was um, the communicating my feelings part, which then fueled up other emotions that I didn't know how to express. Because in our in our society or in our culture, black men are supposed to be strong at all times. So it's like you're raised not to cry. You're raised to be tough. You're raised to um, handle adversity and, and not, you know, uh, not really make excuses, but we'll always find a way to like get the job done, no matter how we feel inside. Um, so I, I come from a play, I come from a, a place where my job at one point was very, very violent. And I had to have a mindset of, um, going out there and trying to crush someone every week and still be their friend the next week. So if you really think about that, no one really likes to get hit. And I come from a place where I hit somebody every day and it was normal to me. Um, Having those issues, having being hit in the head for so many years um, has had some effect on on me in my life. Um, Josh can contest to this. There have been a lot of off the field issues more than I have been on the field. On the field has was never an issue. It was always what, how to act, what do I do after um, that one, that one thing that, you know, makes me feel happy is not there no more. How do I express? How do I handle these emotions? How do I handle my anxiety? How do I handle depression? Um, how to handle being bipolar? Um, and I took therapy therapy is such a it's a great way of letting things out but it took me a long time to understand what really therapy was about I thought therapy was someone always trying to tell me what to do how to live my life Mm -hmm. um and I just never understood how someone who doesn't even know me can tell me all this advice and not truly understand where I come from what my background is um, what situations I've been dealing with in, in life. Um, and it took me a long time up until like right after, actually like maybe a year after I got out of the league that I really started investing in myself and really trying to understand why I feel the way I feel. Why do I get anxiety? What is anxiety? What is depression? I think there's so many stigmas out there that, you know, it, it points out like, you know, if you're if you're bipolar, you're, you're crazy, like you're some monster or if you're depressed, you're some like negative energy that is struggling in life. And it's just like that's not even not even close with the key with the main problem is there's always a root problem of something um, and and how we can tap in and really uh, go through that problem through the wall instead of like hiding from it and going around it is really tough to do and really hard to say, hey, go to therapy and it promise you make you feel better. You just got to like understand and tell that person, Hey, I'm not, I don't know what it is that's going to make you feel better, but here are the steps to allow you to get to that point. And I'm a stubborn kid. Coco knows it. Uh, my whole family knows it. And they've been telling me for a very long time to get help, get help. And I've always been like, Oh, I'm good. I got it. Like, trust me guys. I'm okay. Like I know me and it didn't resonate until things in my life started happening where my life was in jeopardy and I had to sit back and go, okay, what I did there, if I'm really rationalizing about what happened, that's not normal. Okay. If that's not normal, what's going on? 
okay, maybe I do need to go get help. So it's, it's a lot of talking. It's a lot of communicating, but it's also self-recognition. Like if you don't realize it yourself, you'll never understand that I need help. You'll never get better. You'll always be stuck. You always think, um, you know, I got, I got this. Everyone says, Oh, you know, when someone asks you like, how are you? Oh, I'm good. You know, always good. I got this. I mean, I feel like people do that because deep down, they don't want to tell the person the real truth because the truth hurts. You know, you don't never want to hear someone when you check on someone and be like, Hey man, it's been a long time. How you been? You never want to hear. Yeah, man. You know, my girl just dumped me and I'm going through it right now. I'm doing this and doing that. You just, you don't really hear that. And I feel like that's just a, a, the first step of like trying to get better internally. It's just realize your self-recognition of like understanding what's going on in your life. So that's kind of a little bit of the road of my journey. There's a lot more stories, but just want to give a little summary of what, what I've kind of gone through, through my journey. I have it's, um, two follow-ups really. because you guys, you weren't on yet, but you guys said essentially the same thing about being yeah. black men and not being, in, you know, not encouraged, not necessarily discouraged, but to express yourself, how you're feeling, what you're thinking. Um, so I have two questions. One is, now that you guys have come into that revelation, do you find yourself as brothers having more open conversations? Oh, for sure. I think, my, I mean, my brother and I, um, we've had way more deeper conversations now. Um, and Josh will contest this. It's not like we didn't talk before. It's because I didn't, I didn't communicate to him. So he would always ask, you know, how are you doing? What's going on? Like, blah, blah, blah. Because I was really never home. I was always by myself. So it was like the only way they could check up on me was through phone calls. So um, it was really the start of me. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know how to be like to my little brother. Because you got to understand, I'm the oldest. So you never, it's kind of weird, the oldest going to the younger brother and saying, hey, little bro, I got problems right now. I'm going through it. Um, this and that. Because you always want to be that that motivator that person for him because i'm i'm the older one i'm i've been through a lot more situations than he has and um but i i kind of just decided like to let it out just to, to ex express what i'm feeling and he's told me his opinions and his opinions have helped me out through uh through, through my life and and vice versa so really it comes down to that person wanting to give out the information that whatever is affecting to them so uh, yeah, just to, you know, piggyback off what he said, uh, you know, he wasn't around, you know, growing up, he was always, you know, being a superstar athlete. And so he was just always gone. Um, I only had a big brother up until like my senior year in high school. And then, you know, I'm saying I didn't get to, it was pretty much me. It was uh, figure out yourself. I mean, I had a little brother, but you know, like he was saying, I'm, I'm big bro. So I got to figure it out so I can teach little bro. Um, but in terms of now, we, we definitely have some more opening and deep conversations, but I just think it, it took for us to know who we are and to be comfortable with who we are, to be able to have those conversations. Um, like Aaron was saying, he was never around, but I was always, you know, yearning for that big brother, like relationship, like, Hey bro, I'm struggling. But you know, it's just like when you, when you reach out to him and he only gets like a, oh bro, I'm good. You know, same shit, different day, like that type of thing. It was just like a. Okay, well, I guess I just keep pushing it back down. So 
now that we both are more comfortable in our own skin and we can self, you know, realize, hey, we I need to talk to you because you're my big brother. And even though I'm little brother, I might have some insight that may help you. And so, um, like I said, in the last year or so, we've, we've gotten a lot closer. I mean, Aaron has always been my 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 motivator, my, my ace, my everything. And so, you know, just to be able to actually talk to him about my real feelings, it's it, it, it feels really, really good. And so I'm glad we're we're at the point where we are now to be able to share you know, what's ever on, on our heads. I'm so proud of y'all. I mean, I barely know. I'm so proud of y'all. I mean, to be Black men, young men, um, how many years are between Aaron and Coco? Three, uh, me and Coco are 11, I believe. 11. Okay. 11. So we know men older than us, 15 <laughs> us, that do not have their shit together to the point of where you guys are. Okay. And so I want to put it on record that I'm very proud of you guys because that self-realization that you're talking about, some people never get it. Some people never get it. And how more enhanced your lives will be as you acquire your own families, if you want them, you know, acquire as you create more relationships as you get older. And so I just think that that's an awesome awesome thing. Um, and for someone like Jonathan, when he comes home to be able to know men who have gone through this or going through this healing journey, it's going to be critical for him as well. Yeah. I like, um, it's, it's kind of surreal to see your, your little cousins grow up and, and come into their own and, and you're not little anymore. You guys are, are grown men, but it's just so surreal to see um the intellect and the 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 struggles that you guys had and also the the different um ways that you guys came out because you guys were raised in a really good home you know mom and dad that's my queen that's my king you know siblings all the sports and stuff the dog and the cars and da 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 but to see how those uh values that you saw in your parents and when you guys were growing up um shaped your lives there's a lot of similarities, but there's some, there's some differences. And it's like, it's a, it's a spectrum. It's very beautiful to see the the difference in it, but also the similarities in there and to see that you guys have come into your own. I mean, I'm not that much older than you, but like, I remember holding you guys as babies. I remember babysitting you, remember, you know, cutting up your hot dogs. And now you guys are men out there trailblazing it. And it's, it, I'm, I'm Coco's proud. I'm just gonna put that out there. I'm proud. Y'all, y'all are doing it. Y'all are doing it. She would like to think she's not that much older than you. A decade plus, honey. She would like to think she can still hang. I can still hang though. I can still hang though. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about um Aaron, some of your coping mechanisms. And Josh touched on it briefly before you logged in, but when you find yourself maybe having a challenging mental health day, what are some of your tools and strategies that you use? Oh man, I um, be honest now. Don't hold no none back. You know, don't, don't hold none back. <laughs> it's a safe space, but you yeah, can say what you like. Now. No pressure. I, I I do a lot of my coping mechanisms come from marijuana, honestly, like smoking. Um, like whenever I feel stressed and everything's coming and packed in like one where I'm feeling like really overwhelmed, I, I go to a secluded space. I turn on some music. I smoke 
And I sit there and, and reflect on why I feel this way. Um, of course, I have medication through my therapist or psychiatrist. Um, and that's that's definitely has helped. But that took, you know, over time, uh, you know, whenever I get anxiety, like the, the first thing I do is either call my mom or Josh or someone, one of my family members. And I'm like, maybe I just need to speak on like what I'm feeling. And then maybe I can go from there and realize why I feel the way I feel. So one is communication. The other is definitely weed. I'm not going to lie to you. Weed is for sure uh, num- one of the number one tools for me. Um, and yeah, this honestly, just those two. I really haven't really figured out another uh, coping way, but those two have, have worked. And honestly, communication and just finding a stress reliever um for me at least so that would be, yeah that would be for me i um may and i talked about um self-care and those are kind of those are some strategies and tools that you can use to help with your mental health and so like um one could be working out or uh riding your motorcycle or um baking like that's that's one that me and jazz have in common when we're baking that's that's something that is for us that's our mental health or crocheting for me joshua likes to make smoothies are they green smoothies josh are they green smoothies (laughs) (laughs) a little little broccoli in there you know what i'm (laughs) (laughs) so yeah um communication is a big one like you said you have you have a network that you can reach out to your family members who support you and they know you so they can be like, okay, you know, yeah, you tripping on this one or, oh, no, 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 you're, that's a valid, that's, that's a valid feeling or emotion. Let's talk it through. Um, oh, I'm tripping. I I'm tripping. I also got a dog that takes care of me more than, than probably my other, I forgot what my dog. Your my dog, dog barks like, uh, you ain't go mention me, bro. But yeah, I have an emotional support dog that I, um literally can take anywhere and he's honestly has saved me from quite a few uh circumstances where i could have it could have ended badly but yeah so having a dog or having a dog itself people don't realize dogs are great and they're a lot better than people sometimes so uh the dog is another way takes you like exercise it's always there for you it's ready to love on you like i can keep going on and on but yeah a dog a dog is another way and Zeus is huge. That dog is huge. Just huge and fluffy. Yeah. Those are good. I like those. Awesome. Um, Aaron, you kind of touched on it a little bit. And Josh, you, you, you kind of hinted at it. But, like, how long have you been on a mental health journey? I know that there's a moment where you're like, a lot of times people get, like, that breaking point where it's just, I'm, I'm done. I'm tapping out. Um, I can't stop crying. I can't get out the bed. Um, or there was a significant life change that led you to say, I need some help. Um, when do you, when was that moment for you? If you had one and if not, how long has the journey where you realize that I need to start taking care of my mental health? When did that start? Josh? Um, well, you know, for me, first, of all, I don't like to be, you know, I don't like to bother people. And so 
my coping mechanisms and all that stuff. I, I, I get away from people. I'll go for a walk, you know, do whatever just to, so nobody sees that I'm hurting and nobody sees that, damn, something's wrong with Josh. And so I think uh, 2020, honestly, when the pandemic hit, I don't know what sparked or what hit me or something, but just something hit me in my soul and was like, this, this ain't it, you know what I'm saying? And so I don't know, I can't give you guys a specific, like, this is what did it, but you know, that feeling came and I just got a deep, deep, like wanting to learn. I don't know. Yeah. And so I just started reading a bunch of books. Um, I, I started to get into Egyptian, like, uh, history and all that stuff. And so when I got into that stuff, I, I found out who I was <laughs> and it was the weirdest, most gratifying feeling I think I could ever feel like, I wish I could feel that every day. Almost. It's like, I cried, honestly, when I, when I found out who I was, it shed a, and it just got rid of a lot of things that I was raised with and taught. And, you know, this is how this is supposed to be. And it's how this is supposed to be. But then when I learned some truths, I found out that wasn't the case at all. And so when I learned the real truth and not what they're feeding us, you know, in, in school and all this stuff, it, it really broke me down. It freaked me out because I thought I knew who I was. And so when I really found out who I knew who I was, I was just like, man, like, damn, this is what life is like. Like, this is what people go around talking about. Life is great. I'm, you know, beautiful. Life is and so um, I would say definitely 2020 was the year for me that I was just like, this is it, you know, and then I came into myself and then I'm not going to say, you know, I, I know who I am 100%, but I can definitely tell you I know who I am more than I did before. And so I think that's more important towards my journey now. Um, you know, it's a journey. And so I'm, I'm still continuing to walk in it. Not every day is perfect. I, you know, I still revert back to the old Josh. And, but now I'm aware of the old Josh. And so I can take the minute, take a deep breath, be aware and self-realize like, Hey, you know, this is, we live in a different lifestyle now. This ain't, this ain't what you used to be. And so I, I wish I had like a single defined moment to where I could be like, yeah, this was it. But to be honest with you, the pandemic being locked in the house, you know, just wanted to do something different with myself and find some kind of information that could help me feel better, I think is what, what really got me started on my journey. And like I told you guys, I mean, I'm on it every day. It's not perfect. It's not pretty, but I know I'm better off where I am now than where I was before. Awesome. That's good. <laughs> and it doesn't always, it doesn't have to be a, a, an epiphany or a, or a tragedy that happened. I mean, the pandemic was pretty tough, but like, yeah. like a lot of people during the pandemic, they learned how to make bread from scratch or they learned a new language or they started a business. You found yourself and that started you on this, um, healthy journey to, you know, continue to cultivate exactly. that person that you are. So that's, that's a positive way. Like that's not something where it was one day and he just broke down and I have bottles all around me and I'm like crying and snotting everywhere. It doesn't have to be that way. So I'm glad you, you, um, you stated that. Okay. Yes. Nate. <laughs> I was just saying that might've been me. Um, yeah. for me, man, for me, I mean, I, I should have been gotten on help uh, a long time <laughs> ago, but my ego and my arrogance kind of pushed that away. I say recently, like I would say, uh, probably the, probably in the middle, the middle of the pandemic, 
Um, I was going through a lot at the time. I just got out of football. My, so my life changed before me. Uh, I was going through relationship problems and my life was very confusing. I didn't know who I was as a person. I didn't know. My identity was pretty, pretty much just taken away from me. So around mid, I don't know, around like, I don't know, when did the pandemic happen? Like March of 2020? So like, yeah, around like July, July, August is when like some events, some, some events happened where, uh, my life wasn't, my, wasn't jeopardy, I guess you would say. And it finally woke me up and, you know, I, I got tired of seeing, you know, hurting my mom and seeing her cry and putting my brothers into situations where they, they really shouldn't have, um, um, and just, I w- realized that I started hurting people around me without me realizing I was hurting people around me. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's when I started going to psychiatrists and, and getting help. So probably around, around that time was when I started, well, I've always started my mental journey, uh, mental health journey, but it really hit me at that time where it's like, okay, if I don't get help, I probably either a won't be here soon or I'll definitely be in jail. So I need to need to pick which side of the road I want to be on. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a blessing that you were able to catch that before, you know, it got detrimental or before it um, took your life. Cause it, I mean, going through that kind of stuff is, is it's rough and it's real. And when you don't realize you're doing it, it's scary. It's very scary. And for our audience listening to, to these wonderful black Kings, um, my friend's dad, we were talking about his mental health and how we were encouraging him to reach out. And his dad said something that was so awesome. He said, it's never too late unless you make it to the grave and you can get low, 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 but not six feet under. And that was so profound to me because I think often when we start our mental health journey, we're like, man, we could have been getting this together. It feels so good when it's getting together, but it's never too late to start. And however you want to start it, it at any moment, um, there's nothing that is um, too detrimental, no matter how it feels, as long as there's breath in your body, um, you guys can, we all can continue or start initiate our mental health journey for, for people. And I just don't want to put that out there because, you know, our skeletons fell out the closet. Ours as in me and Coco. <laughs> if ours fall out and can be seen, anybody's can. So it works out. Everybody's, everybody's. Um, do you, are you guys aware of any triggers? Anything that's just like, that would set you off. And it doesn't have to be out of anger. It could be something that just brings you to tears or just um, kind of sets you off course. I mean, I'm an emotional ass person. So getting up for work and making somebody else rich every day triggers me. I literally will wake up and I'm like, (laughs) today again, like for real, like we're still doing this. Like, come on. But, um, I don't know. Not, 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 I like to stay out of people's way. So my triggers are just like internal triggers. Um, I'm not pushing myself hard enough today. I didn't learn anything today. I didn't work out. 
I didn't drink my smoothie in the morning. I didn't read my book, you know. So those little things that keep me on track of on on my journey and my mental health improvement. Uh, when I miss those kind of things, or even if I feel an emotion and I don't recognize it and I can move past it, that's kind of a trigger for me too. Um, I don't like to linger now that I'm aware of, you know, emotions and how to move past them. If I'm lingering, that that'll really set me off even more than what I feel now. And I think I, I can definitely still work on that. And I still am, but, you know, just letting feelings linger or anything linger without properly recognizing it so I can move on for me. It really just like puts me in a bad mood. And then once I'm in a bad mood, it's hard for me to get out of that bad mood. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> just trying to make sure I don't, you know, I recognize the trigger and I move on from it and not letting the trigger uh, linger is, is what's work, what's for me right now. So. Uh, I mean, I got a lot of triggers. I'm, I'm, uh, I got a lot. Of, I'm, I'm very quick to anger. So, um, honestly, Josh helped me helped me realize this about myself. We have we were having a high conversation one time, and I think one of the things that he made me realize is that I need to get out of my head. Um, there's a lot of times where I'm just sitting down and. Life can be great, but as soon as I'm secluded and sit down and be like pondering about the past, um, that's when I get that's when I get start getting depressed and and start you know um, marinating what I what I used to have and what I could do and what I'm not able to do no more. And um, so he made me realize: stop living in the past, don't look in the future, stay present. That's how I look at it. Um, as long as you stay present and stay aware of what you're doing with the right now, the anxiety of worrying about what already happened and you can't change it is already done. And what you see in the future and that hasn't been done, nor can you see it or predict it, um, you're, you're well off by not even worrying about it. Yes, yeah, it's, it's good to look in the future. But, like, I mean, the cliche saying is we're not promised tomorrow, which is so true, because especially in today's society where as a black man, I could leave my room and go down to the gas station and I could be gone just like that. Um, and in many circumstances, accidents, uh, getting pulled over by police, uh, doing, I don't know, just being in the place at the wrong time, um, all those things. So for me, just like Josh, it's just like a lot of that's uh, self-reflecting and, and realizing who you are. Um, and a lot of people don't really figure out what their triggers for a very long time. Um, and for me, to me, to get to figure out what your triggers are. And once again, and it's it, it dates back to to the main uh, factor is communication. It's like the once you more you talk to someone, you realize, dang, that really does kind of piss me off or dang, I do do that a lot. And I probably didn't realize and I'm just now hearing it for the hundredth time. Um, so just having those conversations, Josh has called me out on a lot of things that I was I was very blind to for whatever reason. I don't know why. I just couldn't see what he could see. And uh, uh, come just it's come to realization and come to self-reflect and self-acceptance of what you need to what you need to be fixed, what triggers you um, and what you can do to help yourself. So. Good. That's good. 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 One of my one of my triggers, um, or a um, 
like a trauma reminder. Anytime I see a police car pull someone over or those blue, those flashing blue and red lights, I flash back to Jonathan. And that's one thing that I have, I'm still working on. It's been almost four years and it's still very raw. Like it could be anywhere. Knowing that it's not him, I always slow down to check to see if it's his car. Um, And that's something that he and I have talked about. So, you know, that would help me work through, through that. But also um, my, my faith and my personal relationship with, with the Lord. um, And I think our journeys are a little bit different. It is what has kept me as sane as I am, because there's times where I'm not here. I'm done. And so I know that those, and even times with you guys, when, you know, we'd be at the house or you guys have left or when Jonathan was out and y'all would kick it and then to come back and hear all these stories. I was like, that, that couldn't have been anybody, but the creator couldn't have been nobody, but the Lord who kept you guys. Um, so those triggers are real and I'm glad you guys know them. I feel like Josh, yours are more personal, like self, like, like, you're very hard on yourself and you wear that emotion on you like a, a cloak. It's just heavy. And like we already said, you're a king, you're magnificent. It radiates out of you. I mean, you can see that, that self, we'll call it self-reflection in you, but I feel like you don't always see or understand or accept how amazing you are. Um, and I, I know that in your guys' family, because everybody's a superstar, everybody's big, everybody's doing big. I want to make sure you understand how amazing you are, the king that you are. Because um, I, I, I notice that about you. And you don't, you normally don't see it because you're too close to the situation, but you, you shine and you need to walk in that shine. And I know you and Nana talked about that stuff all the time. Walking, walking your purpose, walking your shine. You may not, you may be making money for the next person, but working with the people you're around may network you to do something even bigger later on. You're still young. You still got time to grow. You guys still got time to glow. So, you know, keep on pushing. For real, like you see me grow up. So, I mean, uh, that like I always told Nana, like when she told me that, like I know I don't recognize it, but hearing it from other people, especially somebody as close as you, it, I, I will understand it like, one day. And so I, I don't right. know, I don't, I don't need to keep hearing it, but just hearing it from family and friends, like letting you know, like, hey, Josh, I mean, you're serving a purpose on this world. So I just want to say, I appreciate you. And, you know, you mean a lot to me, especially growing up. You know, you've always been somebody I can talk to, come and just shoot the shit and not worry about you judging me or anything. So thank you for that. I really do appreciate it. Josh, do you believe in people having balance? Oh yeah, absolutely. Duality is huge for me. Um, you know, it's good and bad, ugly, beautiful. And so there's just two sides to everything. I am a self critiquer as well. I can't, I used to be a self critiquer to the point where, man, you didn't get that done. You didn't do that. And you could have did it like this. Mm-hmm. And so the two C's other than my crip and my cocoa <laughs> mm-hmm. <that> are celebrate <laughs> yourself as much as you critique yourself. So now mm-hmm. For every critique, I have to celebrate something about myself. And that takes a while to learn, but you're ahead of the game. You're ahead of the game. Uh, but I, I I feel you on that because it's very much, but because duality is so important, 
balance, 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 balance it out for sure. Thank you for that. I like that. That's a good strategy too. That's something we've been, me and I have been talking about this for a little bit and and talking about that, we're picking up things that that people don't traditionally think as a trigger, but also things that are like self-care or self-help that you wouldn't normally think about. Like getting up and making your smoothie and having those affirmations, but also remembering when you have something, when you're critiquing yourself about something, when you're being hard on yourself to also match it with something that's positive. That's huge. And that's something that people don't really know. Like I, I would have never thought of that. And that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. uh, Reading some of the books that I've read on just like self-help and stuff. It's, they say it's your, your mind creates your reality. And so if you're speaking negatively about yourself, you're only going to see negative things. And so I, that's where I've lived for a long time. You know, I'm only 28, but I can say for a good majority of my life, I've thought negatively of myself. So all I saw was negative. And so now I'm just starting to, with those affirmations, then comes the positivity. I can create a positive world for myself. And so I think, you know, like you guys said, it's not going to happen overnight, um, but a baby step is bigger than no step. So uh, I just want to say thank you again for, for the advice because I'm working on it. It's not, e- it's not easy, but I'm working on it. I want you guys yeah. to come back on. I want you guys to come back on because, you know, we'll wrap this one, but the things that you're bringing up are so salient, especially because we are conditioned, right? We are conditioned to think as black men and black women, you can't feel nothing and do everything, do everything. And while you're doing it, don't feel anything. So um, you guys are so insightful. I think it's really great for our um, audience. And I just, you know, like whatever brides you need, <laughs> we're on it. <laughs> we're on it. No, I just want to say uh, shout out to y'all too, too. I mean, these conversations are important. Um, you know, there's not a lot of spaces for black women, black men to come on and just, you know, speak their mind without having to feel like, damn, did I say too much or did I spill a little too much? So to have two black queens come on and, you know, want to hear some black kings and their experience, it's, it's, I don't know, what's the word? Uplifting, um, gratifying. It's the div- divinity at its finest. When you can have a black woman reach out to a black man. I know you guys have always, you know, been the ones to take care of the world, but you know, it's our, it's our turn and it's our responsibility to take care of you guys just as much as you take care of us. So um, to everybody out there watching or listening or whatever, you know, keep tuning in, you know, you never know who's going to come on here next, but you know, these two Queens right here, they're on, they're headed in the right direction. So I appreciate you guys for, for real. Thank you. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Okay. Last question. Coco, you got it. Yeah. Okay. Give us one bit of advice or our listeners, young men out there who um, may be in your shoes or, you know, getting to this point. Give them one piece of advice about mental health. Um, I'm going to be honest. Once you realize what this world really is, Josh put me on game. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. Once you realize what this world really is and what it really has come to and how this world is, how it's come to today, and you realize, like, the materialistic stuff doesn't matter. Trying to be the richest man doesn't matter. Trying to be the flyest man doesn't matter. Having the flyest car, having the biggest house, none of that bull crap matters. Like none of that shit matters. That is, that is literally designed for you to like be focused and distract you from being more than what you really can be. And Josh really put that 
really, really like drilled that into me because I had a, there was one time in my life where that's all I cared about was making sure that everyone knew that I made it and make sure that everyone knew that, um, like my egos there, just, I was trying to, to, I was trying to impress people that really didn't even know me or even love me. Mm -hmm. So once I figured out that we're all, we're all seriously just one, we're all human beings. We're all here on this earth for a purpose, for a reason. We're all here to live life. We're all here to uplift each other. We're not, we're not, I don't think God made this world for us to compete and for us to, to, uh, to degrade each other, to, to minimize each other as, as, as human beings and, and make people f feel not worthy of being on this earth. Um, once you realize that, you know, none of that really matters. And it's just about being, it's about peace, love, and positivity. If we can just work on those, honestly, those three things, um, this world and not even forget the world, just yourself as, cause we all talk about change. We all talk about, we want to do this one, do that. We ain't talking about how we can do that from, from, start from like right here in us and that's when the start comes that's where the change comes from because it's really a domino effect you see one person do it the next person does it, the next person does it imagine a million people just help helping out um being there for somebody in the help of need um you know lifting people up like this world probably a lot like 10 times better so really just feeding your mind to the right things and the right things isn't Instagram. The right things isn't trying to get a million likes to please the outside world because the outside world doesn't know what you're going through. The outside world doesn't know what what demons you're you're battling. And those and that's the number one thing you need to focus on. Forget about forget about like, oh, I just made like five hundred dollars this week at work. I can finally go to the Gucci store and gratify myself by wasting that money. And buying a shoes or a purse or a shirt that to show the world like, hey, look, I I accept me now. You know, it does like that right there. It took me. I and I I I laugh because it took me a long time, and I'm never gonna like get on people who you know. If that makes you happy, then that's fine. That makes you happy. But once you realize the bigger picture of what really, truly, your makes your soul happy, not just your your capsule, because this body we're in right now is just. It's not real. It's not truly who we are. It's none of that. Like in your soul, like that's who you are. When we leave this earth in my, and this is my personal opinion, I'm not going to put that on everyone that's listening, but when we leave this earth, this body is going to be on this earth, but my soul will be somewhere else. So I, I you got to think of the bigger picture. So that's probably one of my, my last tips will probably be figure out what your bigger picture is. See if it's if it's healthy and and mindful of you, of you. Does it make you happy? Is it does it? It doesn't cause any harm to other people around you. And if if all those check the boxes, continue to live your life as long as you find peace in your in your in your soul. As long as you find happiness, um, I, this world will probably be a lot better. Awesome! I'm going to put that on my mirror. Make your soul happy. <laughs> that was good. That was, yes. It's going to be my whole next week. <laughs> what about yours, Josh? What's your, what's your piece of advice to the, the yeah, Black community? There's one quote that stood out to me um, when I was kind of going through this journey. It said, when I was searching for myself, I found God. 
And then when I was searching for God, I found myself. And so my biggest piece of advice would be- I'm to- sorry. I'm sorry. Hold on. Pause on that. Let right. that marinate for a minute. Wait a minute. Say it again slow. Yeah. So, yeah. so when I was looking for myself, I found God. And when I was searching for God, I found myself. Ah, that's goosebumps. I'm getting that chatted right here. Um, and so I think my biggest piece of advice for, I mean, young, old, senior, whatever, um, it's just really know yourself, you know, be able to separate your ego from like Aaron was saying, your soul. Cause like Aaron was saying, again, when, when, when your time is up, you know, your, your, your capsule stays here, but everything that you done learned and you done carried your experiences that carries on with you, with your soul. And so you don't want to carry on, you know, earthly things into the next realm, whatever it may be, you know, whether you guys believe in it or not, but. You just want to feed positivity, love, peace, like Aaron's saying. I call them the three P's. Um, and, and really make sure you're feeding your soul and not your, your ego because your ego only lasts so long, but your soul remains forever. And so if you can really differentiate or, as my Nana would say, really discern between the two of yourself, uh, the me versus me, you're, you're ahead of the game and you know what it takes to actually fulfill yourself and become the God that you are. And so um, really just know yourself at the end of the day. It, it's a cliche, but. Cliches are cliche for a reason because they're true. So really know yourself and, you know, it's, it starts with knowing yourself and you can go from there. Coco, before Aww. we go, before we go I, I, I know I was late to the to podcast. I, I definitely, I want to just say this comment real quick. Uh, I want the listeners to know that, you know, Josh and I aren't just doing this because, you know, Coco's our family member, like our, this family. <laughs> um, we, we do this because, We've been through it. Like Josh may be 28, but I promise you, Josh has probably seen more than normal 28 year olds in this world. Um, I, I literally, he's, he, I've literally put him through a lot without being with me. Now, for example, like, just like I said, um, I, I played in the NFL and, you know, People always, you know, go to Josh, Daniel, and myself and always think that we have this perfect picture or perfect, perfect life um, when they picture us, you know, going through, like going down the list. We have great mom and dads. Absolutely. We have a great family, um, great house, great home, great cars, great everything. If you looked at my life and you saw it, you'd be like, oh, my goodness, this guy is going crazy. Josh would tell you. None of that matters. None of that. I'm, I want materialistic things. I just want to emphasize this because I feel like this is what ingrained us and why we're, why we compete. This is why we compete with each other as, as, as not even human beings, but as let's start with our black people. You don't see anybody, any other race really competing for trying to be the, the, the flyest man on the earth or, uh, <laughs> try to, you know, be, have the fanciest car or just whatever the case may be. Um, I had all that. And I, and Joshua can test this. I was going through hell. There was not a, a, a Ferrari that can save my happiness. There wasn't a $15 million home that can save my happiness. There wasn't a private jet that can save my happiness. All that happiness and everything comes with, within. And I really want to emphasize that because it did not hit me. And I'm in, it didn't hit me till later, but like you said, it's, it's better now than never. Mm-hmm. And 
I really just want to emphasize that, like, just to find what makes you happy. Like, if that person that you're around with makes you happy, then great. If you have one person that makes that you feel like makes you happy, but bring like you kind of feel some type of different energy, that's a sign that's it's probably not the right person to be around with. So just really focus on what's around you, your energy, what you put out, because what you put out will also come right back to you. And that's another thing that that slapped me right in the face is karma. And I did not know that until I was older. So um, I just want to leave you guys with that. Um, I really do appreciate you guys having me. Um, I There's not a lot of podcasts, like Josh said, that will allow just people with mental health issues to come on and express and how they deal with their problems and and really be open. Um, at first, I thought I had to be pol- political, politically correct. But then, you know, when Josh was like, don't hide anything, I was like, okay, I could be myself. That's, <laughs> that's important. I, that's important because I feel like you need to be yourself. You need to show people who you really are and not what the society has portrayed you to be. Because in the society, the society wants us to be all this one way, all that way. But that's not that's not reality. That's not what God put us on earth. Everyone is different in some aspect um, uh, and, and their characteristics and in and, and their soul. So um, just find ways to make you happy and, and get away from like this. I call it just get this matrix, like just get away from all that stuff. So, <laughs> Yeah. That's awesome. That's very well put. We are going to conclude with those words of wisdom. Um, thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Coco. Um, you know, we're going to have you guys back. We definitely have to have you guys back. Um, and we really want to also leave our information if anyone listens to this podcast and feel like they want to reach out. If you're feeling like you might not have anywhere to start or you need some resources, please feel full, please feel free to email us at Dylan and Helen at Gmail. That's D-E-A-L-N-H-E-A-L-N at gmail.com. Um, and I don't know how you know you guys feel, but we field for our guests, field F I E. ELD. Um, if there's young men out there that maybe want to, um, you know, get in touch, feel free to email us and we'll, we'll see what we can do. Um, no thirsty women. Cause we will fight you. We still fight over 40 <laughs> over our cousins. So you want to put that show back never too old to fight. Josh, you're 28. Yeah. We fight 28 year olds. Aaron, you're 30. 31. We fight 31 year olds. So um, we'll just put that out there. Just jokes, guys. You guys already know if you listen to our podcast, we are humorous. That's how we deal. Um, We are signing off. Thank you guys again for joining us. This has been amazing. It has blessed me. Um, Let me not get it wrong. When I was searching for myself, myself, I found God. And when I was searching for God, I found myself dot 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 and in the end my soul was happy. <laughs> <laughs> and okay. we out good night <laughs>